every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and no one out cleans Zero Res. Schedule your cleaning today for your home or your office. 801 288 9376. That's 801 288 ZERO. Time for What's Going On, where we. Uh, Take a look at the big opinions, the big news, sometimes some fun stuff from the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, We're going to start out by uh, airing some media availability from BYU tight end Matt Bushman. Uh, You heard this on uh, Hanson Scotty G, but I thought we'd check in with the BYU star. Jake, go ahead. Matt, you flirted, obviously, with uh, potentially jumping into the NFL draft this past offseason. You decided to come back. How different was your training as you get ready for your senior year as compared to previous years, if anything? I would just say once you – once I mean, it's everyone's dream to, to go to the NFL. And once you kind of see it's kind of within your grasp, you're like, man, this is actual actually something that can happen. Um, it just made things – put things into perspective and be like, okay, I need, to, I need to work on my body. I need to get stronger. I need to just get as – good as I can or fix the things my my little weaknesses or technique that I need to get better at so it just put things more into perspective and I was like okay I I need to prove that I can I can play at that level and that I can compete like an NFL tight end so it was just it motivated me to work harder and just to see that my goals were within within reach so um I think a lot of guys on the team like a lot of people have just want to compete for a starting job at the college football level. That's big time. Uh, So hopefully I know a lot of guys around us at BYU have that mindset and hopefully everyone does because you can really get a lot more out of yourself and just get that untapped potential um, within reach or grasp that. So it was, it was a good off season for me and I'm excited for the season. You're leading a relatively young position group uh, as, the, as a senior with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. How different is your role this year, do you feel like, as that senior leader? The biggest thing, I mean, is just to be consistent, just be the be a guy on offense that, that people can look to and that can be, be that consistent player that's making plays every, every day in practice and in every game and just doing my job. I think with young guys, they just need to feel that they can stay, that they can gain confidence and stay confident during games or in practice when, when coaches are kind of getting on you for making mistakes. And um, once you can kind of get over that barrier and just be like, okay, next play, I got this. Just keeping a high level of confidence, you can just be such a better player and you can kind of, the game slows down for you. So just kind of being that example where being a confident player that is is staying out there and just doing my job every time that will 
just help the younger guys see that it's it's possible and just have someone showing them the way. Can you speak specifically to the progress that you've seen from Zach Wilson this offseason and, and catching from him and running routes for him? Yeah, so he was kind of jumping back and forth from California to, to – in, in back and forth from California to Utah. Um, so I'd, I'd throw with him and work out with him. And we, when we were only allowed to have 10 people or less in a group, we'd kind of get a small group just to throw. And yeah, he looks good. He's, he looks confident his body. He's, he was able to get stronger and just get that strength around his shoulder so he can zip those balls into tight, tight areas. And, uh, who knows we're still, if there's that quarterback battle going on in fall camp and, I mean, I was able to train and work with all three quarterbacks and just kind of balance it out so that I could continue to build chemistry with them. And I mean, they they were all competing out today and they they look good. So I whoever whoever gets the job, um, I'm just looking forward to winning games and making plays with them. And what do you like about Jaron and uh, in Baylor's skill set that uh, I mean, obviously you've been building chemistry with them. What do you like about those two quarterbacks? Yeah, so Jaron is just an athlete. He's just a guy that has God-given talent, and he doesn't just sit with that. I mean, he works. He works to improve, and he—it's just impressive the things that he can do um, on the field. So, when there's plays that kind of look like they're going to be broken down, or that the defender's going to make a big play, he makes guys miss and uh, can throw a nice ball too when when he's under pressure. So that's been really cool. And just Baylor, he's he's able to stay poised. He just can, it's almost like he doesn't see the, the mayhem in the, in the pocket and just doesn't really worry about that and just stays in there and, and just tosses it to the right guys. So they all have different little strengths and things that they do differently, but I'm confident with all of them and just hope we can, we can succeed with whoever gets the job. All right, there you go. That's uh, Matt Bushman is a lot, of course, is up in the air. You know, listening to Matt talk right there, Gordon, and uh, we heard part of Kalani Sataki's media availability earlier in the in the show where he talked about how this team is is uh, very uh, has a lot of upperclassmen that there's the the Kalani hasn't had to do a lot of hand holding because they're they're uh, good leaders and and uh, you know veterans within the program. I bet you uh, you know hearing Matt talk right there that kind of comes through with him, doesn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Coach Hitaki is glad that he's got the makeup of this current team as opposed to maybe what Coach Witt's going through where he's got a bunch of younger guys that they could really use that time to, to you know, be on the field learning. Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting – I certainly would rather have an upperclassman-laden team in a situation like this, I think. Oh, no doubt about that. And uh, listening to Matt, he sounds like a coach, doesn't he? Very much. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. Uh, I've talked with enough players down at BYU, and this is true for all programs, that uh, oftentimes uh, officials at the school work with uh, the athletes to know what to say, what not to say, how to say things to the media. It uh, doesn't always work out so well, but sometimes it does. And Matt seems like he's been coached up pretty well. I'll you mean, you mean during the Jake Heaps year, uh, it, it wasn't a coincidence that we got Vixa Odo every Monday at the press conference? <laughs> is, that what, is that what you're getting at? Did he or did he not sound like a coach? He did. He did. He covered every base. Now, uh, how do you feel about Zach Wilson? Well, you know, he, he's really good. 
Um, you know, but the, you know the other guys are good too. You know, I would uh, I'd want to hear him ask the question, Matt. If uh, if you don't uh, if you don't block again this year, are they going to let you on the field at least? <laughs> well, the other part that stood out to me with what Matt was saying there is he is a talented guy, and uh, when you are when you have talent. Wouldn't you be motivated? It, it, it doesn't always work this way, but wouldn't you be even more motivated to work your tail off? Because it's one thing to be just sort of a, another guy out there on the field who doesn't really have that bright a future. You're lucky to be on the team to begin with. But really, and I know a lot of players think they're going to the NFL and all that, You know, and sometimes those those considerations are ridiculous. But when you do have talent, Work your butt off to get yourself ready because the guy over there who doesn't have that kind of talent is working his butt off and he isn't going anywhere. All right, Gordon. You, I- you, you at least have an opportunity to do something with what you got, so you should be even more motivated to work hard. Okay, here's here's uh, my my counter example of a situation right. that, uh, you know, I when I was a senior in high school, I was in AP English and decided that that was way too much work for me. And so the the second half of the year, I transferred to a uh, normal English class where I, I just slept most of the time, but I, <laughs> I got an A. So in this case, uh, sure, I had uh, some sort of understanding of, uh, of English class, but uh, I didn't want to uh, do the work, so... Uh, uh, I transferred out. You know what? One of the best things that ever happened to me. It was Why? incredible. Oh, Why? AP English is brutal. Did you ever take know, AP English? You might have learned something. But in this case, I didn't get the college credit, meaning I had to take a college literature class, which I enjoyed uh, much more. And okay. at that point was much more uh, receptive to the information. Okay. Well, then it worked out well for And this coming from the guy who says people that transfer to find a better situation for them are soft. I didn't transfer schools. <laughs> you left the hard one for the easy one. Uh, down yeah, and it worked out really well. <laughs> like Henry Columbi. <laughs> but in, in my case, I wasn't looking for a better opportunity. Like Jack just, Tuttle? Just an easier one. Like Jake Heaps. No, I, I'd given up on, on my goal of succeeding. The, the, those Listen people are still. Back it up, Gordo. Those players are still trying to, trying to start at quarterback. I punted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't transfer in a you sense. You took that snap on first down, found no open receiver, and just punted the ball. No, I said I, I'd rather be the team manager. <laughs> well, in the case of Matt Bushman, he he's good enough that he if he has trouble blocking some guys then by golly, he should learn how to block. Because oh, he, man, I, I would mail in the blocking for sure. Well, uh, I mean, do you think well, the Broncos not, cared not, if Shannon man, Sharp could not, block? He's not Dennis Pitta. He I couldn't mean, block either. I know, but Dennis Pitta was a freaking wide receiver. Yeah, I think Bushman – here's an actual real serious conversation here. I think Bushman has all that the potential Dennis Pitta did. I don't. Really? Interesting. No, Why? He's Why is not that? as good as Pitta. You don't think it, so? As far, as or has that potential? Pure wide. Well, he's pretty good. I, I mean, I, I do have to give the kid credit. He, he's pretty good. Uh, but Pitta was just uh, extraordinary as far as his, his hands. But he also had one of BYU's best quarterbacks ever throwing in the ball. Uh, I don't know if I would consider him that. Max but, Hall? Uh, He's the winningest quarterback in program history. So. What? He wasn't one of the best quarterbacks at BYU. 
one of the best. We're not saying he's better than Steve Young was at BYU. We're just saying one of the best. Okay. That'd be like saying, okay, Brian Johnson isn't one of uh, isn't as good as Alex Smith, but he so he's not one of the best quarterbacks in Utah history, even though he has the wins record. Mm, wins, yeah, it's important, but uh, it depends on who you're playing and what you have around you. Well, not to mention he started NFL games. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's he's all right. I mean, I, I don't put him in the top. I, I can just off the top of my head, I think I can pick a seven or eight quarterbacks that are better than him. Seven or eight BYU quarterbacks that are better than Max Hall? Well, let me try. Okay. All right. Uh, Jim McMahon. Okay. Steve Young. Gifford Nielsen. Uh, Robbie Bosco. Uh, Mark Wilson. Uh, who am I forgetting? You're missing a big one. Who? The Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, yeah, Ty Dummer. Uh, yeah. So that's six. And I would say a few of those are certainly do, arguable. How about, how about uh, John Beck? Was he better? Um, I think you could you could probably argue either way. I mean, just look, find, I mean Max Hall won a Max, lot of games Max at BYU. A, Max, Hall, Max Hall was a hell of a quarterback. There's no doubt about that. I'm not trying to run him down. Uh, he was certainly better than Zach Wilson has been thus far. Is he better than Gary Scheide? Is he better than... Uh, Won more games than he did. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't necessarily spell it out, which is my point. Anyway, uh, so I, 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 I'm not going to sit here. You see, again, when you compare guys from different times... It sounds like you're running one down. Bushman seems like a real talent to me, and it, the, the complaint on him has been his his blocking. I don't think he's been used as much as he should have been used, but that's been sort of the the complaint. But if you're as good as he is, then man, learn how to block and get your butt on that field because you you have a potential NFL career in front of you. So make sure it happens. I know, and I don't think his NFL career is going to have anything to do with blocking, though. And but, but I, I agree with you that, that you he hasn't be been able on to the. Do it. You have to be able to do it at some level. Uh, if you the only one who's just been tight end that has been an absolute monster blocker and dynamic pass, pass catcher, the only one I could actually two. What's his name in San Francisco is really good at it right now. Why is his name uh, uh, Kittle? Kittle and Gronk. Is Kelsey any kind of blocker? Not really. Mm. Shannon Sharp, not really. Oh, your modern tight end. Tony yeah. Gonzalez, not really. Gotta have to. Uh, Who is the basketball player in San Diego? Uh, hmm. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about. The, the tall the guy who played basketball in college. He was a tight end for like 20 years for the Chargers. Antonio Gates. Thank oh. you very much. Oh, okay. Who is the guy, Drew Brees' dude, who ended up in Seattle, that tight end? I think he's in Green Bay now. Graham. Yeah, none of those guys could. What about Todd Christensen? Well, I'll have to defer to you on that one, uh, Gordon. I'm not sure what kind of blocker Todd was. Yeah, I. the point is that when you're that good, you, you, you I mean, pour it on. To, to take advantage of what you got, because otherwise it's a waste. I think here's where I'll agree with you. Here's our common ground. I think that that the fact that he's not a blocker should never have kept him off the field. And I know that Grimes is an O-line guy and tough guy, and he's he's tried to bring that culture back to BYU, and I think that's very, very valuable. But when you have a tight end as good as Bushman, you say, all right, we're going to work on your blocking, but you're going to play. 
and you're going to play a lot, and we're going to throw you the ball a lot. And when we don't throw you the ball, it's going to be because there's going to be three guys on you and somebody else is open. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with a with a tight end like that, I mean, that's how Dennis Pitta made his living, right? Because Austin Colley had so much attention on the outside. Dennis Pitta had one-on-one coverage all the time. Yeah, but Pitta was hard. He's hard to cover, man. That guy, I think he had great hands. I See, I think that Bushman has all the potential that, that Pitta did. Now, Pitta completely um, achieved that potential, right? I mean, to the point where he should have been a multi-time Pro Bowler with with the Ravens, but broke his hip twice, which is just terrible. Uh, So, I mean, not not taken away from Pitta, but I think Bushman has all that potential. He has the athleticism. He has the size. But if if, uh, Bobby and I had kept Dennis Pitta off the field because he couldn't block anybody, I mean, that would be... (laughs) Punching yourself right in the face on purpose, <laughs> like the Houston Astros when did pitcher. You start calling him Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, <laughs> that's funny. That is funny. What's the purpose of that nickname? Nice, nice. I still think thing one, thing two was my favorite Bobby and I interaction, <laughs> where they asked him a question about the receivers and he just repeated it word for word. Oh, can we find that Austin? <laughs> where he did a. BYU TV interview. Oh man, he was great. You miss you miss Bob and I. Uh, he was quirky. He had his quirks. Anybody that would have his offense line up in a three point stance on the sideline to enter the field. What a power tripping. Was, uh, yeah, he, I, I'm sure that he had virtues that uh, sometimes were difficult to see. Real quick, while while Austin is looking for this, and uh, we gave him a, a a deep dive sound request, <laughs> so I apologize for that. But I I'll give uh, Doctor Bob and uh, and Bronco and Atawaya and who else am I forgetting about? I mean that whole coaching staff that went to UVA, they've had more like a lot more success there than I thought they would. Yeah, you didn't think that they were going to see much. Although it, this next year, if there is a season, could be a more difficult one. For them. Yeah, and and my concern was was their ability to recruit that area, and we'll see if that ends up being a problem. But uh, I'll tell you what, Broncos' credentials is coming in and and you know running a tight ship and getting more out of his players. I mean, he's done that at UVA but for see, sure. But see what he's done there that's different than what he did at BYU. At BYU, he felt like he needed to pour on the uh, religious uh, aspect to it, and. I think he laid that on thicker than what he needed to do, and sometimes that got clunky for him. I understand. It's a school that's owned by a religion, run by a religion. I, I get that. But he 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 took it to levels that sometimes were were uncomfortable. I think that was about, wasn't that about uh, basically a signal to his boss? Wasn't that yeah, about what, what his interpretation of what his boss is Yeah, expecting? because I didn't think he was necessarily that way. I mean, Bronco I don't think he unique. was either. He's, he's a unique individual on a lot of levels. And one thing I really liked about Bronco is if you asked him a tough question, he almost – he relished it. Oh, he, I agree. He, wa- yeah. he, wanted, he wanted to hear it usually. Now, that might be an occasion when it set him off a little bit. but. Uh, and if you uh, asked a, a, a kind of a, a, an easier question, he, he wouldn't give you a good answer. Or it would be an easy answer. Yeah. But if you gave him true. something he had to think about, he would give you his thoughts. Yeah, I always like that, the, too. Even, yeah, even in a difficult circumstance. I remember asking him a question 
when BYU lost to Boston College, and uh, I asked him a, a tough question. PK was there too. I think PK asked a couple of tough ones, and and you could tell that he was almost energized by that, which was I think is impressive. Yeah. All right, we found it. Are we here's uh, Robert and I's interview on uh, what is it? BYU Sports Nation, right? Here you go. We got BYU TV. I got thing one and thing two. We just finished with the scrimmage, and we're ready to have at it. All right, go. All right, let's go. Go fast, go hard. Go. Wait, is, how uh, exciting for you is it to load up with uh, what seems to be more diverse and talented receivers going into this season? Uh, refreshing. What's refreshing about it? Uh, we have diverse and talented receivers. The speed of the offense in the go fast, go hard mode, it looked like you were at a frenetic breakneck speed in your opening game against Virginia. Then you slowed down and kind of found a rhythm. What kind of a speed are you hoping to run at this year? That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. We've got one speed as fast as we can go. Okay, okay. <laughs> one speed. Now, maybe we were faster at one point and could not find that the next. Yeah. But uh, no, don't get me wrong, we got one speed. Thing one, it's really yeah. just philosophy. That's all it is. Thing one and thing two signing off. Cougar Camp All Access for the offensive uh, coordinator. This guy Robert did not Knight. like that, but you're going with that. I'm, I'll right. go with it. I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy did not like that, but you're good. You're good. I just like the receivers part where he's like refreshing. How do you feel? What's refreshing about it? <laughs> We've got an athletic, diverse group of receivers. How do you feel now that you've got an athletic, diverse group of receivers, Coach? <laughs> refreshing. <laughs> What's refreshing about it? Got an athletic, diverse group of receivers. <laughs> Come on, Bob. You could do better than that. We believe then in you. Then he asks the question. He says that's a complete miscalculation. And then he goes on to agree with them, though. He Ooh. goes on. He's like, we've got one speed, uh, and we go that all the time, except when we don't, which was what we were, you were really asking me about. It's just philosophy, guys. Just uh, It's just philosophy. Who asked the question when uh, when Bobby, as you call him, <laughs> said to him, uh, "What's the purpose of your question?" Oh, who he uh, uh, accused of spy- of spying? I think it was Jason <laughs> was Franchuk. Was it Jason? I-, I think so. Yeah, it was. He accused of of spying. <laughs> that one was funny. <laughs> yeah, you could tell in that in that interview he was trying to be. I, I think I think he got uh, Bob and I got to the point where he was people were just wondering with the robotics and sort of the 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 way he was that he tried to spruce it up a little bit and it just didn't necessarily come across. Why do you want to know? <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Big show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty of the zone. What's the purpose of your question? Magic uh, happens. Okay, ready, break. Shout out to Chad, who wanted a little Pantera. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and no one outcleans Zero Res. Schedule your cleaning today for your home or your office. 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. By the way, it is a Total Request Tuesday. We're doing Angry Songs. Austin selected today's theme. You can tweet at us at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Gordon, there is some breaking news coming out of... uh, uh, Colorado State. Where is that? Fort Collins? Yes. No, I want you to brace yourself because this is going to anger you. 
Okay. Uh, are you braced? Are you sitting I down? Because like yeah, really, yeah. like really, like are you are you braced? Yes, I am. All right. I'm reading from a, a story in the Coloradan. Is that how you say that? Radowin. Sure. Radon. Coloradan. Uh, by Colorado. uh somebody named Miles Bloomhart. The Fort Collins Coloradan. Okay. Uh I'll just read right from it. CSU football players and university athletic department staff say coaches have told players not to report COVID-19 system uh, symptoms, threaten players with reduced playing time if they quarantine, and claim CSU is altering contact tracing reports to keep players practicing. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'll go on. Football players said they would like to play the season, but don't believe there should be a season given the spike in positive cases on the team in the past two weeks and the threat of more once Colorado State's full student body comes back to campus later this month. Quote, I believe there is a cover-up going on at CSU, unquote, said a current football player who wished to re- remain anonymous for fear of retribution. Quote, but they could only cover it up so long, and now that we have so many cases across athletics, they can't cover it up anymore. It's not about the health and safety of the players, but about just trying to make money off the players, unquote. One word, Jake. What do you think that word is? Shenanigans. Should I have the dump button ready? No. Pathetic. That sounded like three words. Pathetic. That's just ridiculous. Come on. Uh, said an athletic department staff member, quote, there are some red flags in the athletic department, but the common denominator with this administration is to protect the coaches before the student athletes, and that makes them feel more like cattle than student athletes. You know, the thing about that is that it is not, it's not going to work to their advantage. Uh, it's just counterproductive. It is counterproductive and short-sighted and reckless. Yes, not to mention that. And I don't, I don't believe. See, here's the thing, Gordon. To, to marry two conversations that we've had today, you know, I don't believe these schools should be required to release these cases for a number of different reasons. But the, but this is why people like you want that information is because you don't trust the people making a decision. True. That's true. Yeah, I know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and and this is why, which which is what frustrates me about this story, because this type of crap is going to ruin it for everybody. Who who is what is being thought? What what's going through the mind of somebody who thinks like that? They want to play. To create that kind of environment. They want to play. Simple as that. Well, that's. I mean, they're prioritizing playing, and in the coaches. Uh, from the coaches' standpoint, here they're prioritizing winning and keeping their job over what I think a lot of us would be, agree would be doing the right thing. And they think that's never going to come out. I mean, it's counterproductive. It's counterproductive from a standpoint of, of that it's going to come back to bite you, and it's counterproductive from a standpoint that it's going to help you win because I don't think it will help you win. All it does is make you look like an idiot. Well, if your starting linebacker isn't out there, then your chances of winning go down. That's where it helps them win. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I suppose uh, maybe 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 if that linebacker is asymptomatic, but even then he can pass it to someone else who could get it. So why hide it? Uh, because 
Well, in this case, uh, unfortunately, and by the way, I love it when you put me in these positions to make me sound like I'm defending these people. Let me make it very clear that I, that I am not. But they don't care if that player infects somebody else. You don't well, care, Jake? <laughs> Again, Austin, uh, I, I love explaining the actions of people that are, that are clearly uh, not making the right decision. But that, that would be my explanation to you, Gordon. Gordon, you, I, you when, care when, about people, right, Gordon? Because this guy. When you're a when you're a parent, where where do you where do you want your kid to go? You want your kid. You want to put your kid in the hands of somebody who will take care of them, right, and look out for their best interests. Does that sound like what's happening there? No. But I and I don't think that Colorado State uh, is probably the only football program uh, going through this. I mean, we, we talked about Rolovich up there at Washington State. I think it's a little unfair that he was ambushed with a recorded phone call. But that aside, I mean. Now he's claiming that that, that came out before he had full knowledge of what was going on. But. Yeah, I mean, he backpedaled pretty fast because, yeah. of course, he did. But, I mean, this. this okay, so it's one, it's one thing to. um. Well, no. I mean, this is this is active. I was trying to think like like if there was a passive situation where you didn't do the right thing because maybe you wanted to believe something else. You know, you were you were trying to believe the best outcome, and maybe were a tad bit negligent. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know. But this is this is active. I guess this isn't a passive situation. I mean, if you're if you're a coach and you're telling players, listen, hide your symptoms, don't tell the trainers. And if you do, well, there's going to be consequences for you on the field. I mean, that's that's very active actions. Right. I mean, you're right. doing that very consciously. Yes. It's not and, that, oh, I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that my star linebacker isn't sick. So I'll let him practice today. And what happens? You know, it's, if somebody the, it's really... not that. This is very much active and overt. Right, and then you have to deal with what happens if somebody really gets sick. You know, and and if if and when you have a hundred football players, word's going to get out sooner or later. What you're doing? I, I would think that that would be a pretty common sense thing to comprehend. But yet, I don't know. You'd think Bernie Madoff uh, doing that Ponzi scheme <laughs> would know that it wouldn't last forever, but. <laughs> That didn't Good really point. that didn't really alter his behavior. You know, people yeah. do stupid stuff for stupid reasons, especially in this case where, you know, it's so easy to be short sighted and go, OK, we'll just do this. And uh, as soon as this whole thing blows over, nobody will ever know, even though that's probably ridiculous to think for the reasons that you're laying out right there. It's not going to stop coaches from thinking that way because there's so much money on the line for them not personally. That you have people's lives at stake potentially as well. But what I mean. what bugs me though is I I'm optimistic that college football can figure it out, and maybe that's me you know wishing for what I want to happen, and I I will try not to be negligent in in uh, viewing the the situation, but it's stuff like this that will ensure that it doesn't. You know we talked about this with the NBA. I think a big part of the reason they're so successful isn't because they outlawed doubles ping pong. It's because they've got high buy-in from the players, the owners, coaches, and everybody is on board pulling in the same direction. And they've put proper protocol into what's going on there, Jake. I know you think it was overboard, but it's, some things are worth going overboard for. But I think that college foot, but it's not an option for college football to do the bubble thing. Right. So it's, uh, I mean, those protocols that you like so much aren't really an option in this case. Mm. So, but I think something. Could still happen, but it requires the buy-in. 
And then, right. like, and like with Major League Baseball, they could pull it off too, but they're going to casinos. There isn't the buy-in. There isn't the, right. the, the what you need to do. If college football is going to pull this off, it has to be players, coaches, administrators, everybody pulling the same direction for everybody's best interest, and it can happen. Crap like this, the coach is saying, oh, my best interest is what matters, so I'm going to not help the situation because I don't like the consequence. Right, and they're supposed to be the adults in the room. But they're the ones with the most to lose. Well, actually, that's arguable, I suppose. But they're the ones with the most money to lose. Right. For their jobs. That's what, this, is, that's what this coach is worried about. So I'm going to lose uh, half my team, I'm going to lose a bunch of games, and I'm going to be fired. And whatever yeah. he's making, uh, I'm not sure. We could probably look that up, but it's probably but, but, a couple but, but, million but, but, bucks a year. You, again, lo- you lose that salary, too. That's faulty thinking because everybody knows what's going on with this particular situation, and it, I, I think it'd be you'd have to be fairly unreasonable to have someone lose their job because of a freaking pandemic. I mean, I understand from again, I'm talking about a competitive situation in college football. Uh, obviously, some people across society have lost their jobs, unfortunately, but to threaten someone with that. Uh, everything else being equal is, I believe, unreasonable. But this is the paranoia coaches face because sure. their $2 million salary could be at stake at any moment. Who was it at Auburn that won the national title with uh, Cam Newton? Was it Gus Malzahn and was fired the next year? <laughs> or was Something it Gene like Chizik? I don't remember. I think you're right with Malzahn. No, maybe no. Now that you say Gene Chizik, I think it was... Gene Chizik. Anyway, but that they won the national title and were fired the next year. I mean, you wouldn't think that would happen either, would you? Nope. It was Malzahn. But you're right. Okay, you, I was right. It you, was Malzahn. You bring up a great point, a great word, a descriptive word, is uh, having that uh, that paranoia thing going on. Uh, that's the way it was. Chizik. Thank you. Whoever it was, I'm sorry. But no, I, sorry, Gordon. I, I, recent, I recently watched uh, All the President's Men again, and uh, and you're sitting there thinking, what in the world were people thinking that they felt like it was necessary to do what they did? And it ended up in a president resigning his position for the first time in the history of, uh, in U.S. history. Because and, desperation and, is a stinky cologne. Gordon, yeah. when you're desperate, yeah. you do stupid stuff. But they didn't even have to be desperate, but they were paranoid. Right, because they were desperate to keep the presidency. Yeah. Just like uh, Colorado State is desperate to play football. And instead, of doing things, instead of doing things the right way and putting your head down and working your butt off to do what you can to make, you know, to maintain what you've got instead of uh, you know, all kinds of illegalities. Wait, hold the phone. We have uh, this uh, just following, let's see, Stuart Mandel on Twitter. Uh, there are a lot of Colorado State players apparently sharing on social media that this story is uh, not entirely. Let's see here. Here's a player who says, whoever on the team lying got to go. That bleep weird. You all know damn well CSU go the extra mile to make sure they're following the guidelines. Coach, tell us every day if we have any symptoms to stay home and tell our coach. Uh, Another player says, yeah, none of this is true. Another player says, name the sources, because when I was sick, I was urged to call the trainer right away, LOL. And we have a team meeting every morning stressing the importance of doing the right thing. So I'm calling BS. 
Uh, another player. None of y'all listen to this man farthest from true. Okay, who's the original source? Unnamed. It's a, okay. it's a story in the Coloradan. Okay. So uh, at least four players are saying this is hashtag fake news. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait to find out. Hold on to your outrage, Gordon. Maybe that uh, there's nothing to be outraged about yet. See, and all this does is create more confusion in the cases where the whistleblower is legitimate. Well, I mean, the, the four players who refuted it were willing to put their name to it, where the other people were not. Uh, they did, uh, the Colorado did say they had 10 sources, players, and, uh, and staff. Well, but again, nobody was willing to put their name to it. Yeah, but that doesn't matter sometimes. You know, if they have 10 people, uh, newspapers generally, I know, I know how folks feel about the media sometimes, but uh, newspapers generally don't make that stuff up. And they're not going to go out on a limb if they don't have legitimate sources. If they've got 10, that's pretty, that's pretty, I don't think they're lying about that. You know, Gordon, unfortunately, they, I think that used to be true. I don't know if that's true anymore. I'm losing faith. Why so? In in journalism and media? Uh, I just am, man. I don't know. I, I, in, in basic news reporting, uh, I'm just, I'm losing some faith. The whole temptation to get clicks and things like that, I think, has muddied the waters. Yeah, but, to, yeah, but to, again, the same thing is in play for them as it was when we were talking about the coaches. If it's not true, then that's going to be found out as well. And so your reputation is hanging in the balance to report that kind of thing. Yeah, I guess. So those 10 people. Well, one thing, sometimes sources can lie to you. I've been lied to. That's Yeah, yeah, I get and, that too. So you you, you got to be a little careful about that. But if they have 10, to find 10 people you think is li- who are lying to you is, well, that's a little bit unusual. But, uh, you know, believing that side now, you're automatically calling these other four people in the last. By the way, this story came out a half hour ago. So there's already four players refuting thing, that. Do I mean we maybe so? But the paper, the paper generally knows who the sources are. They know the names of those who are have gone on uh, to to uh, to substantiate this. So it's not like those people are just floating out there in the shadows somewhere, unless well, you're freaking deep throat. Well, maybe they're lying to further an agenda, though. Well, if they're lying to yeah, but. Again, that's a call that the newspaper has to make whether you're going to believe that person or those people or not. I just now the waters are are muddied, Gordon. I don't know. Players saying that that's fake news. Hmm. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I hope it is. Like I said, because it's stuff like this that's going to ruin it if it is possible. All right. Stay tuned. Not Sports Port coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Not Sports Report time. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Who does this one go out to, Austin? Post Stockton wanted a uh, match book. 
strung out song. I like it. All right. Time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? We're going out. Uh, well, before I tell you where we're going, what, what uh, what's a fear that you have? What would be a, a very frightening situation for you to find yourself Aliens. in? Aliens. Oh, sorry. Nope. <laughs> uh... You know what? I don't like heights very much. So would would you say I'd have a fear of falling? Okay. I mean, I'm not like petrified by heights. I can get on the ski lift and, you know, I do the tram and, you know, I get on a plane. But I'm uh, like skydiving has zero appeal to me. Okay. Austin, what uh, what environment would be what what life threatening environment would be uh, most frightening to you? Uh, honestly, and I mean this wholeheartedly, I am terrified of giant wind things like tornadoes and hurricanes. Okay, uh, that's a great answer. Uh, well, this story comes out of the Pacific Ocean. All right. Apparently, three men set out on a 23-foot boat to go to another island, and this was in Micronesia. All right, and they set out, I think it was like a 29-mile voyage in their little boat out in the middle of the Pacific, guys. And they got off course, and they landed on an island in that in an archipelago, or is it archipelago? I don't know how you pronounce it. I've always got that mixed up. But they were on this tiny island. It's called Paikalot. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that, P-I-K-E-L-O-T, which, as I said, was 118 miles from their intended destination. And they were stranded on this tiny little island for three days. What did they do? They carved out on the beach a giant S-O-S. And it was spotted by U.S. aircraft. Hmm. And they sent uh, sent in some uh, rescue team via helicopter off of a ship somewhere and uh, found the three individuals. I think that would be extremely frightening. This teeny little island out in the middle of the ocean. And uh, did you see the movie Castaway? Uh Uh-huh. Did that not freak you out a little bit? Uh, Sure. Maybe and I know how Austin. I know how Austin feels about the the uh, being out on the ocean. So uh, it's a miracle uh, that they found these guys. But uh, good on them. I like I like this story a lot better than your person who tried to row uh, to Hawaii and died. This is more positive than that. Well, they, they were found alive. And this uh, this area, if you don't know the Micronesia area, it's uh, south southeast of Guam, and that's where the authorities, that's where the U.S. Air Force KC-135 tanker uh, noticed the SOS in the sand out of Anderson Air Force Base on Guam. So good for them, man. Happy ending. All right, coming up next, the great Craig Bowlerjack joins the show as he does every single Tuesday. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.